On February 1st, all C2C Winning Edge and all 22 members of CampusToCanton.com will have access to the 2024 CFB Winning Edge Returning Production Database. Get all 134 FBS team pages updated daily through week one, transfer news, NFL draft injuries, and much, much, much more. Visit CampusToCanton.com and become a C2C Winning Edge or all 22 tier member to see the deepest and most informative returning production database in the industry. Welcome back, everybody. It's CFB Winning Edge, the podcast edition. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Nicholas Ian Allen at CFB Winning Edge on the Twitter machine. The man, the myth, the legend. He makes it all happen over here. And father of the year, Xavier Trish at Xavier underscore Trish, T-R-I-C-H-E on the Twitter machine. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about a couple of coaches moving places. We're going to be talking about the transfer portal. We're going to talk about spring practices a little bit. But, Nick, tell us about what is coming up at CFB Winning Edge. Well, uh, you might have already heard it. We did our our first little ad read in a while. But uh, the returning production database, as you listen to this, might be available at at campus2canton.com. So uh, February 1st, we'll be sending out all the invites. We have had a, a few sneak peeks out there. I've been tweeting about it a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we were able to, to get it done earlier than ever before, thanks to uh, the good folks at, at Campus to Canton. I mean, it's, it's just a total game changer um, what we were able to get done on the back end to speed up the process. Um, as always, you know, don't expect it to be perfect uh, when we publish it, but we'll continue to make updates. Um, if anybody, you know, any of our members uh, notice something that's in there incorrect, we, of course, we've tried our very best, but uh, we'll be able to make those changes quicker and easier than ever before. Again, thanks to to C2C and, and uh, folks like Jarek and Colin on the back end help get us that. I, I believe, pretty sure, we're going to beat Bill Connolly. We're going to beat ESPN to publish for the first Ooh. time ever. So uh, I've always uh, considered our uh, database kind of the, the best because we do have uh, team pages with as many stats as you could want for, uh, I mean, I think we have got 20,000 players in the database. Um, and, uh, you know, so so we've always offered, I think, the, the most in-depth uh, returning production database in the industry or really anything related to returning production in the industry. But um, Bill, who's done excellent work and really helped, you know, lay the groundwork for uh, finding out what's the most important stuff. Um, he's always been first to, to put out, you know, these are the one through 130, whatever rankings We're up to 134 uh, this year. But um yeah, not only do I think we, we're going to be able to offer more information on the whole, but to get it done uh, quicker than anybody out there, I think, is is uh, something I really, really wanted to do. Very proud that we were able to get it done. So uh, it's a great feeling. It's the it's being able to cross off, you know, the, the first uh, big item on the 2024 
uh, off-season to-do list and to get it done by February 1st, uh, or at least get it to the point where we're able to, to you know, publish it. It won't be done until week one, basically. But um, it's it's a it's a great feeling. So we'll be able to have a little more time to really dig into it. Um, I've already, like I said, tweeted out a few interesting observations, uh, you know, from from what we've got currently. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to get started. The next big thing, of course, is uh, our 2024 uh, team profiles. And so be able to, to really get going on those the first week in February. We've got some other fun things uh, planned. And, and so, yeah, getting this off the, uh, you know, getting it off my plate and getting it done faster. And I think, honestly, better. I think this is going to be the best version we've ever done. I think it already is. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's really, really exciting. But more, more to come, but very, very excited for everybody to have access to that uh, February 1st. I got, I got to tell you too, that it's crazy that this is the fastest because I heard Jim Nagy, uh, who directs the senior bowl on a podcast talking about how it has been almost impossible for them to figure out who has left, who's in the transfer portal, who's, uh, going pro all that stuff. He had a player. I can't remember who it was, but he had a player who he thought was still, you know, going to be in the NFL draft. And he said, no, I forgot. He called the coach of the team and said, Hey, is this guy going to be at any of the events? And he said, Oh no, we, um, uh, gray shirted him last year. He had an injury. So he's coming back for another year. And he's like, no one knew that, you know? Uh, so it has been crazier this year than it ever has. And for you to be first out is uh, pretty impressive. So, uh, congrats. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly not just me. It's definitely a team effort with with Campus to Canton and specifically or or uh, the guys, like I said, really have have helped speed things up on the back end, including Jarek and Colin. Um, but fortunately, you know, there are a lot of other people doing great work with the transfer portal and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, I, I reference on three, I reference two, four, seven sports, uh, all the beat reporters who are out there doing great work, you know, tweeting out and retweeting guys with their, uh, you know, thank you posts. They're going off to the, to the NFL or entering the transfer portal, uh, trying to collect as many of those as possible is, is big. Um, and then, you know, like the, the senior bowl itself and the East West Shrine bowl, the tropical bowl, the hula bowl, the, uh, you know, other all-star games that are out there and showcases. Um, those are, are super, super helpful to see who's moving on to the next stage as well. So fortunately, we're getting very, very close, uh, you know, maybe one more year really where guys will still have that uh, COVID extra year ex exemption. Um, but those are, are almost phased out and it should get a little easier from here on. But uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, great folks doing great work that are uh, bringing me, uh, uh, you know, helping us to, to get it done or helping, you know, provide that information that, that we're able to uh, collect and, and apply to uh, to our database. So it's it's uh, yeah, excited that it's done, but but it's definitely not just me. And there's definitely other people who are not affiliated with us who um, help, even if they don't know it <laughs> by by, you know, putting that information out there. And, you know, uh you know, I'll, I'll send a shout out. Thank you to everyone helping on the back end as well, because it is a great, it's so good. If you guys haven't seen 
the work that Nick does, you really need to check it out and, and, and take a look. It's just so comprehensive. It's so good. It's so thorough. It's really the best thing for depth charts in college football, in my opinion, that we have. So, uh, I mean, just really, really check it out. And Xavier, you have some news as well, right? Are we are we sharing this news publicly yet? Or yeah, uh, okay, all right, I, you're I on the move. On the dotted line, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I will be moving to New Jersey and working for the great people at MLB, um, starting off February 26th. Nice. Congrats uh, in their social media department. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Uh, two moves in two years. Um, I'm trying to catch up to Nick, uh, but uh, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> hey, look, I'm glad you are. Uh, Nick, how many moves did you make? I just gotta know. I just wanted. I just wanted to see how. Oh man, I think it's. I think it's ten. Jesus. Totally. So so yeah, I I, is, I can't say done forever, season? but done for is this, now. Is this the fifth season of the show or fourth? I can't remember. Uh, so we, so our first team profiles were in 2018. I think, I think the three of us got together in 2019. So this is the fifth season now in 10 moves. I mean, it seemed like way more than that because yeah. there was like, what <laughs> wasn't there one where you're like, all your stuff was, was in a storage space and you lived with your in-laws for a little bit as yes. well. Like yeah. there was, yeah, yeah. we <laughs> recorded some, uh, summer, uh, previews, uh, when I was in, in Nevada. Yeah. 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 So, I don't even yeah. count that as one of the moves. I forgot about that, but we were there for about two weeks. So. You were, uh, did you do any new boot goofing while you were there? <laughs> so <laughs> if anyone has seen Reno 911, you guys know what I'm talking about. But, uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about the stuff that's been going on. Yes, it is February. So there's not a ton going on in college football, but we did finally have Jim Harbaugh make it official and he left to go and take the Chargers job. So Nick, I will hand it to you. Your thoughts on Harbaugh leaving Michigan and the domino effects uh, in college football from that move. Well, the very first thing that that came to my mind, quite honestly, because Michigan did promote Sharon Moore, uh, offensive coordinator, moving up to, to head coach. Uh, we're done now with the coaching carousel. So I think if a week is long enough for you guys to, to get your research in, I think next week, first year head coach draft, perhaps. This so is like, can... so I just want to, <laughs> I just want to tell you guys that if you ever take a little kid to Disney or like an Astro <laughs> world or whatever, and they have to go do that one ride that they love the most first, that is Nick with the head coaching draft. That is Nick's favorite is. thing favorite that we thing. do every single year. And I think it also, I think it kind of signifies the start of the next year for you too, which you enjoy. So okay. yeah. Uh, so I'm look, I'm down. I am ready. I, I'm excited. I have been a, a three time last place. I believe in this. So uh, we're going to, we're going to make this the year. This is going to be uh, Bogman's year. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't run year. the final numbers, but, but uh, I you don't have to. I yeah. Know. We'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. I, I think Xavier might've beat us again, but uh, we'll, I, we'll get that officially. Uh, is Xavier won all three years? Haven't we done think, it three years? I think I won the, I think I won once. Uh, I don't know if we've done sure. every year. I think, I think Nick won last year. I want to say so. Okay. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll run all the numbers, but, but, uh, well, yeah, for sure. So I haven't won at all. So that's, <laughs> that's correct. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's first thing on, on my mind. Also, I'm thinking spinoff 
OCDC first year drafts. We'll, we'll put those a little later into the spring. So, cause not oh, that Lord. carousel is not quite done yet, but how are we going to uh, be thinking? Gonna, that can't be wins though. That has to be, be like, spinoff. yeah, it's yeah. going to be like improvement total yards or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it okay. out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so back, back to the, the big news and, and it wasn't a shock to anybody. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's right. uh, interviewed for jobs for a while. We were talking, uh, I last, did think last time. I, I'll say this. I did think that there was maybe a chance that he would go back when he was asking for that, you know, sweetheart deal of I can't be fired regardless of what the suspension and all of that stuff. Like I thought, okay, maybe Michigan just won their first natty and, you know, undisputed natty in a million years or whatever it was. Right. It was 97 mm -hmm. when they won the, the co-national championship. Yeah. And then before that, it was a long time. So, I was like, maybe they'll give him some leeway for that, but that ended up not coming to fruition. And then he took the Chargers job, and good luck, Justin Herbert. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be uh, a lot more fun for me and uh, Xavier to make fun of Jim Harbaugh. I feel like so. We'll see how it pans out, but yes, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, I mean, we we talked about that he had interviewed with our Atlanta Falcons out here and me and, and uh, ended up going in a different direction there uh, of course. But uh, it, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Sharon Moore was going to get the job if, if Harbaugh did move on and, and uh, for consistency sake continuity uh, because anybody who will have access as they're listening to this of our returning production database, Michigan is who, uh, 132 out of 134 right now in overall returning production. So uh, to get some level of consistency there, to to avoid kind of the Alabama, uh, you know, fire sale is not the right word, but, you know, guys moving on, finding different uh, opportunities and, and, you know, the, the things that followed uh, in places like Washington, um, uh, keeping – consistency, keeping Sharon Moore, who of course is so highly respected there as an offensive line coach, uh, did a great job as a play caller, full first time uh, play caller this year, had been co-OC uh, a little bit prior to that. Um, but uh, I think it was a, an important move for Michigan and, and uh, potentially helps to, to uh, hold on to some guys who might've tested the waters elsewhere, but um, it's definitely going to be tough. Michigan's losing a ton. Um, Harbaugh, love him or hate him. And, and a lot of people are more so on the, the hate uh, side of the spectrum, but uh, he's won a lot of football games in, you know, multiple places. And, and as you said, did something in Michigan that hadn't been in a long, long time. So um, they've done a great job of, of recruiting and, and developing uh, players and, and, you know, finding a way to uh, overcome, uh, I'm not going to say, you know, this year overcome the, the adversity really that was sort of self-imposed in a lot of ways. But um, remember in what, 2019, 2020, uh, it wasn't looking good. I mean, we had discussions on whether or not Harbaugh, Harbaugh was uh, going to be there. Uh, you know, maybe they were ready to move on, um, but took, took uh, uh, you know, pay cut, advice, or, uh, you know, amended contract or whatever it was. And, and uh, they were able to get through that period of a lack of success and, and uh, build steadily, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten however many years in a row, and now national champions. So 
it seemed like maybe the time was was right for him. Um, I could certainly understand maybe he wanted to uh, if he wanted to stay and you know become uh, uh, one of the um, you know legendary coaches at Michigan, what have you. Um, but also, as we've been hearing for a long time, there, there still is a little bit of a, a void, it sounded like, where he wants to win a Super Bowl. So uh, getting Michigan back to the top of college football. Um, and then also with all the you know off-field stuff that maybe there would be some potential fallout um, uh, if you were to come back. It, it all just sort of – it made sense. It was not a surprise to me that he moved on. And, and it also was not a surprise to me that more – uh, was quickly chosen to succeed him. And, and to me, that was the the right move. Uh, Xavier, your thoughts on uh, Harbaugh leaving Michigan. What does that do for Michigan uh, moving forward? Are you comfortable with Moore as the head coach there? I think I'm, I'm more comfortable with him than anybody else. I think that's the best way I can put it. I think when you look at Michigan this year, they needed a stability, a stable force that the, you know, not only the, the you know the fan base knew of, but the players knew of. I think that's the one thing that we saw with Alabama struggled the most was Killam DeVore was you know obviously somebody who had immense success this year, but wasn't necessarily the familiar face that you know maybe and this is obviously just a hypothetical if a Kirby Smart had still been there right where you would have had somebody to pr- to promote from within that was ready to be the guy and had had in in this case in the season had had some experiences doing so as well. Um, you know, I think his ability to lead them through a very, you know, interesting part of the year, you know, slash, you know, the emotion that you saw on display after such a win was the obvious choice. And I think he'll do a good job. Obviously, the biggest thing for him um, is being able to continue to recruit at a higher at a high and recruit in certain respects at a higher level than what Harbaugh did um, and be able to continue to move that 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 or, or that university and, and continue to keep up the the momentum that they got from winning this year. I think that'll be the interesting thing to watch is can they keep up this level of momentum? Because I think somebody reported it. Michigan has not necessarily had the most elite recruiting classes. They haven't been up there with the Ohio States, the, the Georgias, the Bamas, um, which made this, which is why this national championship kind of felt a little different than most because, you know, a team that hadn't had this extremely high recruiting ranking finished, you know, or won the, won the whole thing. So, I would be, I'm going to be very interested to see if more can continue the momentum that they've received from winning this natty um, in the recruiting cycle. And it'll be interesting because I think, you know, around college football right now, the biggest thing is, you know, uh, or the biggest worry could be that there's a mass exodus. Well, that mass exodus is, you know, going to happen regardless, um, at least in the returning production uh, aspect of it, right? Corum gone, McCarthy gone, Roman Wilson, who's tearing up the senior bowl gone, you know, so much talent gone from that roster that, you know, uh, Chris Jenkins, I mean, you know, uh, the list goes on and on and on um, of guys who were integral parts of this previous team uh, that are going to be gone. And the interesting thing I, I look forward to see is how much does how much does this delayed situation um, and it being a nuanced situation in the fact that um, Harbaugh left for the pros, which means, you know, he's leaving later in the college cycle, affect them in the transfer portal. Because uh, you would think that, you know, a Michigan team, that knew that their head coach was leaving would have probably dipped into a uh, uh, the transfer portal a little bit earlier, right? Um, at least you would you know you you would believe so. Not no not so sure now, right? That that they're going to be able to go in there and and go on after and kind of you know big and hunt for you know immediate replacements, which makes me think that this might be a, a two three year plan, 
that they've got going on with with, uh, with Moore and with uh, Orgy at the quarterback position. That Michigan next year might not be exactly what you know back quote unquote, um, but that they're going to be a team that is competitive at the very least. And the conference that's obviously getting more difficult. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you kind of taper your expectations, understanding that next year you're or that this year in particular you're losing so much talent. And because of how long or because of the situation at hand, it's hard to say that, oh, we should just go into the transfer portal. You didn't know if Harbaugh was going anywhere. Um, and you don't know and you don't know what the situation was going to be if Harbaugh stayed. Right. And I think it was it was it would have been really weird for Harbaugh to bring in 14 transfers and then go to the pros. I doubt it has been odd. Uh, not necessarily saying it would have been a fit or what, but it still would have been weird at the end of the day because then do those transfers fit with the current regime? Does, are those guys that Shamar more wants? They're probably going to need a brand new DC because Jesse Minner looks to be going with Harbaugh. So do they fit the defense that they're going to run. Like, so I think temper your expectations if you're a Michigan fan, understanding you've got so much to replace and that you know next year might be an eight and four, nine and three kind of year. But as long as you guys don't fall off of a cliff, you know, and, and go kind of into, you know, I, I've kind of explained it in two ways. You can either go the Florida State route, which means we're going to bottom out for a couple of years before we come back. Or, you know, you can go somewhat of the, the Georgia route where, you know, you have one really middling season, right? Kirby's first year at Georgia was, you know, for all intents and purposes, not good. Um, and then you bounce right back immediately and become a, 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 you know, a title contender again. And obviously it helps that you're going to be in a 12-team playoff. So, you know, a 10-2 and two record might get you there. Uh, so beating Ohio State is no longer the end-all, be-all to your season. Uh, but I do think that it's definitely something to look forward to this year, that they're definitely a team that needs to maybe have a year of growth and of development and of recruiting before they get back to where they were uh, just this year. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because, again, my my head has been in returning production uh, for the last month plus, and and there are some teams who consistently have been – you know, ranked in that triple digits for, uh, you know, more often than not teams like Georgia and, and Alabama consistently like Georgia, different case <laughs> this year. Uh, by the way, if we were to do our way too early or update our way too early top 25, I'm pretty, pretty uh, clear that Georgia is the team now, but um, you know, the teams like Georgia and Alabama, the last few years, they might rank 80th, 90th, 100 plus in, in returning production, but still should be considered, you know, national championship contenders among the elite, the elite of the elite, just based on the talent they've accumulated. Michigan, uh, you know, we talked before about how they rose to number one in overall roster strength. But if we were to look at, you know, those individual, uh, you know, raw recruiting ratings, um, they were, you know, a tier or two below. They were more so in the, you know, 8 to 10, 12 range in, in a lot of those categories. So it'll be very interesting to me to see, has Michigan built itself up to the, the position where they are like an Alabama, a Georgia, an Ohio State, where regardless of, you know, the returning production number, they're still one of the top, you know, five whatever teams in the country. Um I'm I'm not ready to say yes quite yet, but uh, maybe we just haven't, you know, they haven't been put in this position in, in a little while. So uh, it will be very interesting to me to see. Um, and it gets tougher when you have to replace a head coach. But um, I don't know. I, I think that it's possible. Maybe we don't see a huge drop off from Michigan. 
they're they have a lot of you know a wide range of outcomes and and one definitely could be they take a big step back there's a bit of a learning curve maybe for Sharon Moore as the head coach and and so many new players and coaches on staff but um you know there's another scenario where maybe they're a, a 10 11 12 you know uh, 10 or, or 11 win team uh and get back in the college football playoff yeah i mean they they're it's going to be very weird I think seeing Michigan come off, you know, such a, a big moment, a big national championship. Like you said, almost no players are coming back. The staff is going to be very different. It's just going to be weird. It's going to be weird for a team that uh, won uh, to have such a big reset in the offseason. But we'll see how it pans yeah. out. Go ahead. How, how weird is it going to be when you can't have Harbaugh at your initial ring ceremony because he's preparing for the NFL? Like that just goes into it. Like, that's just going to buy into it. You know that you know you're not even going to have you might not even have your your head coach there to be able to celebrate your national championship with. You know, and how many times in college football has that ever happened? Where I think what Saban the only uh, Saban's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. The where, first thing that that came yeah. to my mind. Uh... Because Saban, Saban left LSU, he, there was a, a season after the national championship before yes. he went to Miami. Um, I believe, and it's possible I could be misremembering something or, or forgetting something. I think Miami in 2001, when, when uh, Butch Davis left for the Cleveland Browns, right, was the last time a national championship head coach uh, moved on. And, and then Larry Coker was the... Am I getting that wrong? Because Coker won the head, uh, won the national championship in two thousand one. Butch Davis didn't. He he left a great team. So I don't know. I'm I'm messing it up. But uh, yeah, it's rare. <laughs> it is yeah, super rare uh, to have so much success and then change so much. I yeah, uh, yeah. There's 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 it's it's few and far between. We know that. So um, we'll see what happens with Michigan. But they are an interesting story, and I think it's interesting on the NFL side too because. Um, I don't know how many teams were offering uh, Jim Harbaugh a job, but he knew he was going to be suspended. So, so it was the Chargers, and who else offered him? Falcons. The Falcons offered him. Okay. Yeah. So they were, they were, I've got it on pretty good accord that if he hopped on that plane and left LA to his new to his next interview, which was Atlanta, they weren't letting him leave. Oh man, I I look. I'm glad for you it didn't happen, but I would have enjoyed the initial shock uh, of seeing. <laughs> Uh, your least favorite coach, uh, coach the Falcons. That uh, I would have, look, 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 I would, I would have, I would have had to some way like immediately induce myself. So I just went and bought a ton of khaki pants. Like, no, <laughs> oh no, he's a cult member now. Oh lordy. Well, look, uh, because we had more dominoes fall. Of course, San Jose State was looking for a coach, and they settled on. Ken, uh, I always screw up his name. Nia Nia Matalolo. Um, yeah. Okay, Nia Matalolo uh, is the new head coach at San Jose State, but he's not going to be running the triple option. So, which is interesting, Nick. But uh, tell me what you think about San Jose State's hire for head coach here. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, there, there have been times when. And Matalolo was a very, very highly sought after head coach. He had a lot of success at Navy, uh, you know, took over for Paul Johnson there, continued the, the triple option. Um, they ran it really, really well. 
Um, and there was a time where uh, he was very close to becoming the head coach at Arizona, right? But there was some blowback because of the connection to the the triple option they ended up not happening. Um, and then unfortunately for, for, uh, Niamatololo, uh, Navy took a little bit of a, a downward turn. They end up moving on. Um, but he's one of the most respected coaches in, in, you know, by other coaches, certainly in, in college football. And, uh, he knew it, it sounds like that, you know, being so closely connected to the triple option, uh, wasn't, necessarily helping him maybe get get uh, that next head coaching job um so i thought it was pretty funny that i believe it was pete thamel was the one who was i don't know if he broke it or i know he was uh, you know among the the first to, to mention it but he had a report that was you know something along the lines of sources say uh Niamatololo is uh going to be going after a, a pass heavy Offensive coordinator will not be running the the triple option, and I can't say for certain, but I'm pretty sure that source was probably Ken Niamatololo when he was saying, "Hey Pete, make sure you tweet no triple option." I repeat, I will not be running the triple option, um, and it played out. I mean, he hired uh, Craig Stutzman pretty quickly. Uh, Stutzman has a run and shoot background, a lot of, and and interestingly enough, even though Niamatololo was a triple option guy for a long time, even going back to uh, his playing days in Hawaii. They were a triple option at the time. Um, the the passing uh, attack that Navy used under his watch had a lot of run and shoot elements. So it was, it was not a surprise to me at all that somebody like Stutzman ended up with this job. Stutzman was the offensive coordinator at Hawaii and Washington State. Uh, under Nick Rolovich, who was a, a run and shoot uh, coach and and mostly play caller. I don't I don't know if Stutzman actually was calling the plays at, at those times, but um, I think instead of saying run and shoot, and I'm not sure he's you know traditional run and shoot necessarily, uh, but it seems like he calls it the spread and shred. So <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, yeah I don't know what differences there are necessarily, but uh, San Jose State's going to throw the ball a lot, and the San Jose State team also pretty low on the returning production side of things. They're well in the triple digits. So uh, they're going to be a, a new look situation. It's going to be a new, uh, you know, going to take some getting used to, to see a, a Ken Niamatololo coach team uh, not running the the triple option. But um, sounds like he was very clear with, with the administration there and, and maybe with anybody else uh that he wanted to, to move in a different direction wants to throw the ball around and and uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see how it plays out uh as far as that goes and i also think and and um uh, in our campus to canton slack ethan sowers made this point that um it, it really makes a lot of sense and the more you think about it it uh, you know starts to uh seem like a better and better idea and I agree that one, Niamatolo has ties on the West Coast. He is from Hawaii and, and played at Hawaii. Um, he most recently was at UCLA as the uh, as an off the field assistant, and then was the interim tight ends coach for Chip Kelly uh, during the bowl game. Um, but at Navy, they recruited nationally, um, and also, you know, and especially out west, I feel like he's probably going to. Uh, be able to to tap into some connections uh, through the LDS Church of which he's a member, 
uh, and the uh, Polynesian community. So it, it all makes a lot of sense as far as recruiting goes um, that San Jose State, you know, really, I think, got somebody who uh, is going to position uh, that program in, in a way in which they're going to be able to to go out and, and bring in uh, talented players who who want to be there and want to coach or, you know, want to, to play for a coach like Ken Niamatololo, who, again, is, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to hear a, a bad word about him uh, from from people in the industry, uh, I believe. So um, very interesting to see how it plays out. But to me, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, on paper beyond just, you know, they're, they're moving away from the triple option. And Xavier, your thoughts on Ken Niamatololo being hired as the head coach for San Jose state, like Nick just laid out a lot of good recruiting roads and, you know, not going with the triple option, making sure everyone knows he's not going with the triple option. Uh, It seems like that's important to him as well. What do you think of him uh, heading up, heading up the Spartans moving forward here? Yeah, you know, as much as I believe no more option, you know, I still believe there'll be some there'll, there'll be some wrinkles. There'll definitely be some wrinkles there. Um, it's 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 rather difficult to think that a guy who's run it at the ability in which he's ran it for so long would would all of a sudden just be like I'm done. Uh, so it might be the spread option, right? There might be some inklings there where you, you watch them run some RPO with 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 some with some added um, option abilities on uh, on the outsides. Um, I could see, you know, they ran into a ton at Auburn, but the occasional pass back, you know, at the line of scrimmage with, with, with the quarterback being able to roll out to his left with an option either pass or throw it to the guy to uh, to the running back to his left or his right side. So I think it will allow for some more for, for an updated version of ultimately what he wants to run. And I think that's the most important thing. I think in this case, you know, I think San Jose State's moving in the right direction and continuing to do so offensively. Uh, I think this was a team that, you know, I think – you know, we, we talked about this, or I talked about this a little bit with DeBoer moving to Bama, but I felt like sometimes it's also best to have a coach that buys into a system that kind of, that, that will mirror or at least excite the kids who are currently there and excite kids to come there. Um, I think when you say to, you know, you say to San Jose State, we're going to add some run and shoot or some spread, or like Nick alluded to, some some, some spread and shred, which I like that term. I'm, I'm going to steal that. Um, you know, also, you know, adding in some, and like I said, probably more of a spread option system as a totality, understanding both of their backgrounds. That excites kids. That gets kids excited about being able to put points on the board. You know, that, that you know, if I'm a kid just thinking about myself as a recruiter, you know, or thinking about myself as a recruit. If I'm like, if a, if a, you know, a coach comes to me and is like, Hey kid, you know, I know you played receiver for your entire life, but we're going to change you to an H back. I'm like, ah, you know, nah, nah, yeah, not gonna, I not really make move with me, you know, on the flip side of that, if, if he comes and talks to me and he's like, Hey man, you know, I, I think we can really use you in the slide in different ways. Uh, you might play a little bit of running back and some jet sweep concepts, but also be able to be a, a receiver for the majority of your time here. Now I'm in. I'm in. I'm locked in. All right, cool. How can you use me, right? In what ways am I going to be used um, at this level to not only help my my current stock as a college player, but obviously help you know project to the next level? So, I like the move. I, obviously, he's a no nonsense kind of guy too. I love that. Um, I know for one thing, for certain, he will not be running uh, practices against dummies ever again. Uh, so know that that's going to be the case, right? Uh, he will be padded up. So San Jose State guys, be ready. He's going to be pads on pads uh, for the majority of your of your career, right? We can just uh, say that he's learned from mistakes. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you guys are going to be hitting day 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 three as soon as you guys get the conditioning down, pads on. Let's let, let's let's hit each other because uh, I doubt that he ever goes back to that kind of a scheme again. I, although I appreciate the innovation as a player who you know wasn't too fond of hitting each other every day at practice, but. Obviously, you know how it turned out. So, but love the move. 
Uh, We had one more head coach hiring, and that would be at Buffalo. Uh, They hired former Ball State head coach Pete Lembo, who was previously the special teams coordinator at South Carolina. And, Nick, you mentioned here possibly the most respected special teams coach in the country. I mean, South Carolina has been uh, known for their special teams recently. So uh, your thoughts on this hire for Buffalo? Yeah, it it made sense, I think. Um, You know, Buffalo had had taken a little bit of a step back under Mo Lindquist, who uh, first time head coach. Um, things were starting to, to trend in the wrong direction, it seemed. So if you want to switch things up a little bit, get a guy who's established. Pete Limbo has been a, a head coach. I mean, he's got 112 wins in his career, uh, was a head coach at Lehigh and Elon and Ball State. Um, but uh, it's been almost a decade, you know, since, since he was a head coach. He was hired away to coach special teams at Maryland, bounced around a little bit. Uh, until he landed at South Carolina in 2021. And, and you know, uh, one thing that has been fairly consistent at South Carolina is, is uh, they've been very competitive. They played special teams. And in the first couple of years under uh, uh, Shane Beamer, um, they won more games than we expected them to. And, and I think Pete Limbo definitely had a hand in that. So uh, going back to the Mac, uh, a place where he's had some success and, um seems like especially late in the cycle uh and if you want to kind of you know change it up a little bit um uh, you know from the administration's viewpoint if they didn't really like way the way things were trending uh you know if you've got an old head coach who kind of the game has passed him by a little bit you want to switch it up and and bring in some new blood but um if the other you know thing happens and Linquist was somebody who probably was entering the season on, on a little bit of a hot seat. Um, if Buffalo continued that trend and he ends up uh, getting fired, then, you know, you might be looking to make a, a similar uh, move. So getting a guy who's, who's been a head coach at, at several different places uh, for, you know, a couple of decades, basically uh, one and a half, 15, 16 years. Um uh, seems seems like a, a, a solid option, especially this late in the process. And Xavier, your thoughts? I mean, Buffalo bringing in a little stability here. Yeah, I think it's important. Obviously, they they haven't had a ton of it since uh, Leipold left for Kansas, um, and they need somebody to really right the ship. And I think that they brought in the right person to do so. Um, I think you know, with a, with, a, with a team like Buffalo, when you and we've seen this before, right? We've seen this with Western Michigan when you lose uh, a program changer like. Uh, what Lance Leipold was for you all in some respects, it could take a while. I mean, it could take a long time. I don't know. I don't know if Western Michigan is necessarily recovered from losing PJ Fleck. Um, and so to find somebody, you know, who can, who can, you know, write that ship and get you back to a competitive outfit um, and in a conference that we know is very volatile and where Buffalo could find itself, you know, back at the top in, in less than no time. Uh, I, I really, uh, I really think the move is good for them. Um, especially, excuse me, especially in a time where, I think G5 schools have to find have to start finding some long term stability in the coaching staffs uh, with them being kind of pilfered every single year. Um, you know, it, nowadays, if you're a good G5 school, you're losing seven, 12, 15 guys almost um, at a time. It feels like um, and that might be a stretch, but it definitely feels like any good G5 school is losing a ton of kids all at one time. I think 
having a coach there who understands that, you know, who understands that, but also understands how to be able to still be stable and competitive is important. And I think that that's what they got here. So I'm excited for it. I, I like the move. And like I said, the Mac is volatile. Could Buffalo find its way at the top of the Mac in two or three years? Wouldn't surprise me. About it. All right. We have some portal news here as well. We talked about some of these guys going into the portal. Uh, the Ohio State defense added uh, All-American freshman safety Caleb Downs from Alabama and just adds to that stacked defense. We talked about the offensive lineman, Caden Proctor, leaving. Uh, I believe Xavier and Nick both speculated Iowa. Guess where he ended up? He ended up at Iowa. Not a surprise there. Um, Arizona had a couple of big-time playmakers, wide receiver Ted McMillan and quarterback Noah Fafita entered the transfer portal, but they both decided to stay while their teammate Jonah Coleman uh, decided to go ahead and transfer to Washington to follow uh, Jed Fish. And Texas State added former Arizona QB Jaden Delora, um, you know, earlier in their cycle, which prompted TJ Finley to transfer to WKU. However, Delora will not join the Bobcats after blowback from a legal situation dating back to his high school days in Hawaii. So weird news at the end there, Nick, but your thoughts about the portal and some of these big names transferring, particularly the Alabama guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's, uh, we were off last week, somewhat unexpectedly. That was, that was my fault. I was doing some traveling and then didn't have uh, the setup I needed. So we're, we're catching up on uh, some of this stuff, but um, that Ohio state defense, man, I mean, I, I said, earlier based on the returning production that I'm pretty, pretty sure Georgia would be number one right now uh, if we had our team profiles fully updated in our, our power rankings, but Ohio state there, they are maybe a close number two, or, or they might be in that, uh, that conversation because the defense, the number of guys that returned who could have moved on to the NFL draft um, is, you know, makes makes you uh, excited to see how this unit is going to shake out uh, statistically, but, you know, also um, just a, a lot of great players. And then you go and add who I think is on the very, very short list, maybe of best players in college football, uh, regardless of position in, in Caleb Downs. And uh, I do believe on three had him as the, the top overall rated uh, player, uh, transfer player, player in the transfer portal so far. Um, and he ends up going to Ohio State when last time we talked a couple of weeks ago, we were all pretty sure he was going to go to Georgia, but um, not so going going to Ohio State and, and um, stepping into what could be uh, the highest rated you know, roster strength, uh, certainly uh, defensively. Uh, you know, by the time we get to, to the preseason, we'll know for sure. But I think there's a very, very good chance. Um, and I think that that defense is is really going to have the potential to carry Ohio State and, and make them maybe one of the top two teams in the country, one of the teams to beat. Um, they look well positioned to uh, get back on top of the Big Ten, especially after uh, Jim Harbaugh and, and so many talented players have moved on, but um, Iowa getting uh, Caden Proctor, a guy who was, I believe, committed there for quite a while in the re uh, recruiting process before ended up uh, joining Nick Saban in Alabama, and and you know didn't have the best year, but anytime you start as a true freshman, uh, left tackle at Alabama 
is uh, quite impressive to be able to step in and, and uh, start immediately. Um, and then Arizona, I mean, it's a it's an interesting situation. You know, Brett Brennan, the reason the San Jose job, State job opened, of course, he moved on uh, to Arizona. A lot of those guys, we speculated, we weren't really sure. And actually, as we were recording, it was sounding like, you know, perhaps McMillan and Fafita really could entertain, you know, getting into the, the portal. Uh, but later that evening, I believe, after we finished recording, uh, they made an appearance at a basketball game and, and announced they were coming back and a bunch of other players were there and the place went crazy. Um, and that was huge because it really could have been um, a situation, you know, similar to, to what we have seen in Alabama and, and to, you know, a, a certain degree, uh, Washington, where a lot of the, you know, really talented players who weren't moving on to the NFL still decided to, to move on and, and see what other options were out there. And certainly a guy like Jonah Coleman will be missed, but Arizona, a team that looks like they're potentially going to be, uh, you know, a top 15 type team, maybe one of the top teams in the Big 12, new look Big 12 this year. Um, getting those two back, which probably helped, you know, keep – uh, some other guys back. I know there were some offensive linemen that uh, were thinking about it, maybe even did briefly enter the transfer portal, uh, but then uh, jumped back out. Um, so great, great news for Arizona on the whole. For Texas State, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, you know, you had TJ Finley, who had a really, really productive year, uh, basically, you know, pushed him out by bringing in Jaden Delora, who's had success at, at a couple of programs. Um, but, uh, like you said, there was, there was some blowback there locally and, and it ended up, you know, I don't know who decided whether it was Delora decided he just needed to look elsewhere or if, you know, Texas state, um, basically said maybe he, he should, you know, whether it's the school, probably not the, the football program. Um, but now they ended up, you know, moving on from one of the most productive quarterbacks in the Sun Belt, uh, and, and Texas state looking potentially like a team that, could be a Sun Belt title contender to now you have no quarterbacks. You know, it looked like for a second you had two really good options. Um, and we should say, I forgot to mention it earlier, Craig Stutzman, his most recent job was the wide receivers coach at Texas State. Uh, he does have, uh, you know, part of the reason it sounded like uh, Texas State added Delora was because of Stutzman and, and their relationship. And he was able to vouch for his character, it sounded like, according to reports. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Delora ends up at San Jose State. I don't know if he goes somewhere else. Um, but it sounds like, you know, for now, Texas State uh, doesn't have a whole lot of experience at the quarterback position. And I do know that they hired uh, uh, Chad Morris as their uh, wide receivers coach to replace Stutzman. Um, that makes you think that maybe Chandler Morris, who recently committed to North Texas, could make his way uh, down to San Marcos. Um, but as of right now, because Finley's gone, Malik Hornsby transferred to Arkansas State, where he's going to play wide receiver. C.J. Rogers transferred out. Uh, P.J. Hatter, who was a true freshman last year, probably is is uh, who you would pencil in to start. I believe Ty Evans is still on the roster, or at least he's he's still in our team profiles, but. Um, yeah, this Texas State offense, which should be one of the uh, best offenses, at the, at certainly the, the group of five, 
um, certainly in the Sun Belt, but one of the more exciting offenses in, in the country. We talked about when Delora uh, committed how, you know, the, the CFF community and uh, Jared Palmgren ran for campus to Canton and, and chasing the Natty, the uh, way too early, you know, first of the, the cycle uh, CFF mock draft and Delora got taken in that uh, first first nine rounds. I don't know if he was a top 10 quarterback or, or you know, certainly uh, I think there were only like 24 drafted, right? So uh, he was definitely in that mix. And now he's a player without a team and, and Texas State is a, a really good offensive team without a quarterback. So be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Xavier, your thoughts on some of these transfer moves, like I said, in particular, the big guys from Bama moving on. Yeah. Um, obviously, Caleb Downs going to Ohio State was a little bit of a shock for a lot of Georgia fans. But, you know, I think Ohio State has been a team that I think needed this infusion of talent. We talked about this when when um, they got their the quarterback out of Kansas State. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Out of the portal. Um, that this was a team that if they wanted to stay among the elite, needed to make this kind of, you know, need to make these kind of NIO side swings. Will Howard. By Thank the way. you. Thank you. Um, and need to make these kind of swings, right? And, and Caleb Downs is one of those program-changing level swings in the transfer portal that takes you from being a good team to possibly a great team. Um, so that's huge. Iowa, I mean, come on, of course. You get another amazing offensive lineman that you can cultivate and, and, and turn into a first-round draft pick in three years or two in two years, and we'll, and Caden Proctor will be like, yeah, you know, Bama made me, but Iowa built me or something, you know, you know, whatever, you know, whatever title he wants to put up there uh, kind of vibes. Um, didn't know about the Big Millen and Fafita, you know, basketball, but um, I think it's, a, I think it's interesting. I love that, by the way, mainly because do we watch the news in Tucson? No. <laughs> what are most people watching? Most people are watching the Arizona basketball game. So I think it's the most effective way to deliver the news to the city of Tucson probably uh, th that those players are playing is to show up at the basketball game and make right. an announcement there, which That's I, which I love because yeah. it, 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 students were probably reporting it faster than some of the actual news outlets there. In, in Tucson. <laughs> they were like, Oh yeah, you're back. Um, and you got news outlet guys. just like, who? Um, so I love it. Um, I think, you know, good job to be able to keep those two guys extremely important to keeping Arizona anywhere near where they were last season and build upon that. Um, but now they've got, now they've got both quarterbacks back. Um, I think Delora has to find a spot. I think Fafita has all but solidified himself as QB one there. Um, and you would think that he would finally try to bounce around. I think San Jose State would be a great pick up. Uh, Nick alluded to, I, I would love to see that. I, I, I watched the occasional San Jose State game to begin with, but I would watch a ton more um, if Jane Delora was their quarterback. Um, you know, and I would love, to see him just be able to flourish anywhere, somewhere, um, and not sit behind Fafita at Arizona, where I feel like, once again, his his talents that have been on display for a good time now will just go to waste. Um, interesting situation to go at Texas State. They might just end up starting a freshman, or, and sorry, guy who was a freshman last year. Um, excited to see what TJ Finley does at Western Kentucky. I feel like Western Kentucky somehow puts out uh, a, a, what would have been a senior bowl darling every single year. Um, and I think that that doesn't necessarily change in this regard. I think he could go to Western Kentucky, put up amazing numbers, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear from him next year at the Senior Bowl. Uh, all right, let's go over to spring practices. And, Nick, not a lot to talk about here in spring practices, but Hawaii has already started way before everybody else. 
can you tell us maybe why they do this stuff this early and um, your thoughts? Yeah, I watched a, a couple of uh, local news uh, reports interview after practice with uh, head coach Timmy Chang. Uh, he mentioned something about they start school earlier, maybe than than most places, and that's part of it. But also, um, you know, we've we've talked a little bit in the past some of the the benefits and drawbacks of when you schedule your spring practice, and uh, if you're potentially you know, gonna gonna have to uh, get guys healthy after uh, banging around a little bit in the spring, and and also having more time before the spring uh, transfer window opens. Uh, starting earlier is better. You know, you've you've got more time. You can turn the page of the calendar quickly uh, to the the next season. Um, and yeah, you know if. God forbid there's some major injury that occurs during spring practice. You're going to have more time to uh, let that player heal up uh, and also have more time uh, to evaluate your own roster and, and then go after guys in the transfer portal that might fit needs uh, that you have. But um, I thought it was uh, particularly interesting that Hawaii, uh, one, is going to wrap up their spring practice on February 24th. Um, they'll be playing their spring game before most teams, uh, just about all teams probably, uh, will have opened their spring practice. Maybe a few will start to, to kick off a little bit that last week in February. Um, but I also thought it was interesting. We haven't talked too much about, you know, staffs beyond these new head coaches. Um, but there's sort of a back to the future situation going on at Hawaii. They brought in. Dan Morrison is the co-offensive coordinator. Uh, Timmy Chang is still going to be the play caller, uh, but Morrison was a member of the staff uh, under Juden Jones in the early 2000s, where they you know, really kind of the uh, the heyday of, of uh, Hawaii football, especially in the modern era. Uh, and another guy who's new again to the staff, Jeff Reinbold, is going to be coaching uh, defensive tackles, I believe, uh, he was also part of, of that 2007 coaching staff when the Rainbow Warriors went undefeated in the regular season, played Georgia in the uh, Sugar Bowl, uh, so made a, a BCS Bowl um, that season. That was the you know, Colt Brennan, uh, his, his excellent year where he was uh, a Heisman contender. So in some ways, you know, not necessarily uh, the the – uh, youngest up and comers, but also uh, there's maybe something to be said for guys who've been part of the most successful period in a program's history, kind of tapping back into that a little bit. Uh, but then also Hawaii has a new defensive coordinator. Um, they hired Dennis Thurman, who had been on staff at Colorado uh, most recently, but he was a, a defensive coordinator at a couple of spots NFL earlier in his career. So uh, the Hawaii coaching staff, they're, they're definitely making some changes. They're a team that ranks particularly high in returning production. The last couple of years, they've been on the very, very low end, but this year they're top 10 right now. Um, the way our numbers are, are calculated, it's their seventh top 20, uh, both on offense and defense. Um, so, you know, you, you throw in a, a little bit of uh, winning history with with some uh, new uh, staff members, play caller on defense, 
And it's going to be a pretty interesting team to, to see how everything shakes out. Also, one last thing I did, you know, mention those two new offensive uh, and defensive coordinators. There are 10 teams, I noticed, and this is also in our returning production database, all the coaching changes for uh, head coach, offensive play caller, defensive play caller. We make note there if it's a new, uh, you know, a new person in that role or not. Uh, Hawaii is one of, I believe it's 10 teams who brings back their head coach, but has to uh, replace both coordinators. Maybe they left, maybe uh, they were told to leave, uh, but Auburn, Ball State, Colorado, LSU, Oklahoma, Penn State, Southern Miss, UCF, and Western Michigan uh, are the other teams in uh, in that category, which I thought was was kind of interesting. So if you've got a new staff, you've got some new people um, kind of orchestrating things on both sides of the ball, maybe that early start to spring practice is, is helpful as well, kind of get up and, and running on installing those new uh, you know, whatever you're going to do new defensively. I know it's not the same or not the, not a new play caller on offense, but uh, Dan Morrison, somebody they brought in in the fall last year to, to do a little extra coaching on, on the quarterbacks as well. So um, anyway, it's uh, it's that time of year already, believe it or not. Spring practice has started at least in one place, uh, but, but there'll be some more starting relatively soon as well. And Xavier, your thoughts on, is this too early? For uh, spring practices to start, heck shit, man! Imagine you having to—and this is from a player's perspective. Imagine you having to tell your girlfriend you can't do Valentine's Day stuff because you got spring practice going on. Like what, man? Like absolutely not. Um, no. Now I will say, it—it's it, as a player, I would hate it because of how early it is, but I would love it for how early it is at the same time because that means we'd be done. yeah, yeah, we'd be done. Uh, most schools do spring uh, spring break in early March. And so now you're not coming back because typically this is what coaches do. They let you go off and have spring break, have a good old time in your at your favorite beach, and then they hit you with spring practice as soon as you come back and run the alcohol out of you. That's what most coaches do. Uh, so the idea it's that – Hawaii, you just go to the beach after practice anyway. Right. right, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, but seeing as though I could, you know, enjoy my spring break without having to think about the fact that uh, I've got spring uh, – practice coming up right after is is great i mean i still remember taking many spring breaks where we were still running we were still running like miles in the morning before hanging out with friends because we were like we're not going back gas nope Mm-mm. you won't be rubby and, uh, and sure enough every every spring practice a handful of guys will come back and that first day would just be barfing everywhere just disgusting just just running it out of them because they, they weren't ready they spent the last week and a half last 10 days or so drinking partying the whole nine now they're back and just you know and and, and obviously you know as as nick knows as coaches you guys love to make example of those guys so uh yeah that was never me though i was always always ready to go when i came back uh maybe not at the same physical level i was but definitely not at a place where i was throwing up the first day of spring practice so definitely early but i think all the players by the time it's over with and by you know the fact that they'll have the rest of their school year to just be able to focus on school or whatever else i think they'll love it at that point uh, and the last bit of news that we have here is Riley Leonard did have ankle surgery, uh, mm-hmm. but he is expected to be ready to go mm-hmm. before the season starts. So now, Nick, I just want to give you like five minutes to make sure that no major thing has happened. Right. Uh, as we've been recording this show, because it seems like every single time we record the show, we shut off the microphones and five minutes later, something major happens and we're with, with, not, with, not talking about it for a week. So 
<laughs> what what uh asteroid or comet came out of the sky to hit us this week anything crazy uh well so nothing nothing as we recorded that that i have seen just yet i am getting some uh i know i don't tweet much on the grand scheme but but definitely have treated uh tweeted a, a bit uh about the returning production database getting published uh and georgia tech fans are very excited that uh as i put out Ransom numbers, particularly kind of with a, a CFF focus, but uh, there are seven FBS teams that on the offensive side of the ball bring back 85% or more of their passing production, 70% or more of their targets, receptions, and receiving yards, 60% or more of their offensive line snaps, and have both the, the same head coach and play caller in uh, 2024 as they did in, in 2023. And Georgia Tech is one of those. Iowa State, USF, Old Dominion, West Virginia, Clemson, and Arkansas are the others. Um, the Georgia Tech fans in particular seem to be quite excited about this. So uh, that's fun. And, and hopefully, uh, if if you're interested in information like that, you want to dig into all the numbers that we've got, um, do, of course, sign up at, at campusdecanton.com, become a C2C Winning Edge or All-22 member. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in some ways it was good that we didn't record last week. Cause I think the Harbaugh news, uh, broke after we would have recorded. So, uh, it kind of worked out that we were able to, to sort of see how everything shook out. Uh, but I have a feeling that, um, uh, we're going to be a little more, uh, immediate with our, our news and, and reaction to that. Uh, coming up, at least in some form, maybe not all three of us together at, at the same time, but um, there there are some things in the works. So so uh, if you're if you're listening to you know Campus to Canton and and CFP Winning Edge and and whatnot, um, we'll we'll be a little more frequent with with reaction to some of those major news things. But as of right now, as of right now, um, I don't think we missed anything today. But but who knows what will happen? You know, as soon as we uh, stop recording and, and, uh, the, in the time, uh, that it takes to, to get it uploaded and, and sent out, uh, who knows, maybe the world will change again. Yeah. It's always moving and shaking, which is, uh, why we are still doing episodes, but that is going to wrap it up for us today on CFP winning edge. Remember you can follow us all on Twitter, the man, the myth, the legend, Nicholas Ian. <laughs>